We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Inspired by the presence of Captain Jack Youngblood, playing in pain with his broken leg. A savage ram defense. They hand it to Steven. Great jump cut. 45 seconds. a whole burst to it. 20. Side steps to tackle. Runs left. 25 still on his feet. 10. 46 yard goal by number 39. Running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. Johnny Hecker, a high school quarterback, is going to throw. The fake is on it. He's got a first down to Stephen Bailey. Mike Jones made the tackle. And the Rams have won the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Rams Talk Radio with Derek C. Apollo and Michael Stewart. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is Derek C. Apollo with my co-host, my partner in crime, Tommy Avance. And we are here for another live edition of the show. Well, it's live for us. It won't be live for you because you're getting late. Tape delay. All right, maybe an hour or two. Okay, Tommy, what's up? Hey, buddy. <laughs> That's kind of fitting oh. of a rather awkward start to the show. I mean, I suppose we could just go back and redo it, but we want people to know the real lesson anyways. And yes, that was an awkward start. It was an awkward weekend. It was an awkward loss for the Rams, 24-17 loss in a game they should have won. And it was a rough weekend for you out there at the stadium. We've got a lot to talk about today, and it's, it's not going to be an easy conversation. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to upset a few people. Not so much the football side, believe it or not. The football side, things like this happen. The games like this happen. Uh, the Rams should have won this game, and they gave it away. Uh, and there's a lot of blame to go around on that. But it's not like it doesn't happen in football. It's the after parts, the other parts, the fan side of it that we're going to talk about today in the second half of the show. And again, it's probably going to tick some people off. Especially since we already got one ticked off dude, Tommy, here about it. Who was who saw it all, unfortunately, yesterday in the post game. So, Tommy, any opening thoughts? Is not I hope I cover a good amount of it just now, but any opening thoughts? 
Yeah, I had a, I got to the tailgate, you know, right when we were setting up, you know, like seven thirty, eight in the morning, and from that time on till we closed the tailgate down at noon and walked into the stadium was one of the best days or experiences of my life. For one, I love tailgating with all the Ram fans and 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 the friends that I made over the years out there. It is one of the greatest experiences ever. We we try to do our best to put on a great tailgate. And I hope we don't do any of the fans a disservice. But after that, the game and then the aftermath, which we'll get into later because it is a horrifying story. Okay. And I was there not just to witness it, but it to help because, well, the fans are on their own at that stadium at this point, it seems like. So we'll get into that later. But let's first, um, let's touch on the game. You watched it on TV. I watched it in person. Let's start with you, Derek. Well, well, before we begin, because there's going to be a discussion of all discussions here, let's go ahead and, and give, give a shout to our sponsor of our prize picks. They're the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest, most exciting, the most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. So instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less than two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. You know, I know you've played it. You've had a good time with it. Testing our skills on prize picks this season is one of the most exciting ways to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn ten bucks into two fifty with just a few taps. It's really easy to play. Really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit them in less than sixty seconds. Quick withdrawals, enormous selection of players and stat types. That's why Prize Picks is the number one daily fantasy sports app in the country right now. They deserve it. They're on their game. And they offer weekly promotions that lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. That's where each Tuesday Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And heck, now you can pay with Apple Pay for a quick and easy deposit into your account. So, how do you do this? You roll on over. That's right. You go on over to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams talk and use the code Rams talk for a first deposit match up to $100 one more time. And you should do it. It's fun. It is a ton of fun. Go to prizepicks.com forward slash Rams talk and use the code Rams talk for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Prize picks daily fancy sports made easy. Here's a word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right. So 
the game. Let's just break down the numbers like we always do, and then we'll talk about everything in between. The Rams, 19 first downs to 17 for the Steelers. 9 of 16, third down efficiency for the Rams. 4 of 12 for the Steelers. 154 total yards. The Rams, 300 for the Steelers. Total play, 62 to 56. Average per play, 5.7 to 5.4. The Rams ran for 135 yards with two backup running backs. 4.4 yards per carry. The Steelers only 86 yards on three per carry. 219 total yards for the Rams. 214 for the Steelers. Here's the tough part. 14 to 29 for Matt Stafford. Didn't have the world's best day out there. 17 to 25 for, for Pickett. One interception, one crucial interception thrown. Four punts to the Rams for 52 yards. Five for the Steelers. Five penalties for the Rams. Eight for 76 for the Steelers. In time possession, 31-46 to 28-41 in favor of the Rams. If you look at the overall numbers, overall, outside that interception, the Rams, the numbers favor the Rams here, Tommy. They, they favor the Rams. And yet, somehow, some way, they lost this football game. A game that they controlled for much of. I mean, what are your thoughts? For the first time in a long time, I actually got mad when I was at the game. And I've been able to, especially going into this season, I I knew what we were getting ourselves into. Um, Whole new roster, basically. A lot of young guys are going to be playing. Um, Not a lot of stars like we're used to since 2017. Um, So I tempered my expectations. But then the Rams came out this season and they the young guys showed they wanted to fight man and made me super excited super proud and shifted the way i was going to look at this season and made it more exciting for me as a fan because i'm like oh these guys these guys want to get it they want to get after it you know and that's exactly what they've done um there's been some growing pains and some stuff but they for the most part they've they've done their job right I think the coaching staff in general has, over the losses that we've had this season, have let our team down, which is unfortunate because they're supposed to be the constant, especially within a rebuild year, right, where we have a ton of young guys. So I feel like the coaching staff has let them down, and I think that they let them down again um, yesterday, but just not just the coaches. I mean, I'll touch on some bullet points that I uh, that I tweeted out this morning. Uh, one of them, Stafford. He played like garbage. I mean, he only had 14 completions on 29 attempts for 231 yards, a touchdown, and one interception, a bonehead interception at that on a zone blitz where T.J. Watt dropped into coverage, and you didn't see that? Come on, man. Like, you've been doing this how long? That was something – that was an interception that a rookie would do. So that was super disappointing, especially – to be deep in our own end zone coming out in the second half and to just automatically start throwing the ball around. It's like, let's get, let's get out of the end zone a little bit before we, you know, especially because I, this is where I was really impressed and I'm glad he got to showcase his talent yesterday because during the preseason coming out of it, I thought our depth chart at the running back position should be Williams with Royce Freeman behind him. Well, Royce, I believe he just got tucked on the practice squad and they put Ronnie Rivers as the backup and then Zach Evans as the third running back on the roster. So they buried Royce way down there when I thought he should have been number two. He showed a lot 
in the preseason. He's He looks like the prototypical running back. He runs like it. He has great patience and vision. He's very strong and very hard to tackle. Everything you want in a running back, right? And he can pass protect too. So the Rams doing what they do under Sean McVay, he doesn't trust anyone. He don't even trust himself, I don't think, sometimes. What does he do? He goes and picks up old Hendo off the street, who doesn't even have a job in the NFL. He got a job in Jacksonville last year for like two weeks, got cut. He's been on his couch ever since. Okay, if the rest of the NFL doesn't want you, why do, Why should we? That's just the way I look at it. I, I don't like looking in the rearview mirror when it comes to a player. Once you're gone, you're dead to me. So there's plenty of other options. You know, They didn't need him. They could just call up Royce and whatnot, but I, I believe they were worried about pass protection and this or that, blah, blah, blah. And just, he's so focused on his stupid little passing game that he just panics all the time. And so they brought up Hendo. Hendo in the first quarter, you know, looked his runs looked a little decent, but that's because the holes that he hit were there. Um, Daryl has a bad habit of when that ball is handed to him that he goes from zero to 60 instantly, and he just goes. He doesn't even try to find a hole. He will run right into the back of his center, okay? Or he will run right to where the hole that he was told to hit when the play was called. So if the if the if the run is in between the center and the right guard, he's going to run there whether if whether it's open or not. That's a terrible running back in my opinion. I don't even want you on my team if you don't have the wherewithal or the instincts to to be able to find the hole regardless of where it was supposed to go. Sorry, but I'm not interested in, in, in that whatsoever. And I don't think any coach should be or any teammate. I know a lot of people like him. I'm, I liked him coming out of the draft, but I'm just not a fan. He doesn't look like a running back either. He's very clumsy. He's very top-heavy. So, you know, if you look at his frame, he looks like a, a weeble wobble. His upper body is really large. His lower body looks really small. And he looks like he wants to tip over all the time when he's running. He's just not. He doesn't have that contact balance that I like. He just falls down all the time. I'm just not a fan. It is what it is. But Royce, I mean, he averages he averaged 5.5 yards a carry, and he only got 12 carries yesterday. Where Daryl got 18 for 61, 3.4 yards a pop. Not horrible, but not great either. Uh, the, they made a lot of boneheaded moves yesterday, wasting timeouts like they always do. Bit us in the butt. We didn't have any timeouts to challenge the horrible officiating in the fourth quarter. Our kicker should be fired already. The fact that he still has a job at 4, 10 p.m. Pacific Coast blows my mind. He left seven points. Seven, not one, not three, seven. Fired. I don't care. This is a business. We got to treat it as one. Go find us a new kicker. That better be done by the end of the week. Give me a break. And then um, what else? Predictable play calling with personnel. I called that last week. I saw a lot of it. I was sitting next to Tom Bateman yesterday um, from Bring Back the LA Rams. He was picking my brain on a lot of stuff um, during the game. And he, you know, I was just telling him, look, this is what's this is what they're gonna do right now, and this is why. And he's like, How did you know that? I'm all because of the personnel that they'll roll out when they switch out and they bring in Davis Allen and have two tight ends on the field. Their tendencies are here and there. And it was if I could read it as a former defender sitting in the five hundred nosebleed section of the stadium, you know the other team could figure it out, right? It was just, it wasn't, the Steelers 
a very beatable team. Their offense looked atrocious. And then all the, I mean, you got, you know, Kenny Pickett starting to pick us apart with George Pickens. Our, our, our secondary let us down yesterday too. There was a, there was a lot of blame to go around. And I think a lot of the fans were just so angry yesterday because they know we should have won that game. That's the frustrating part. The, the, the frustrating is frustrating. And, and there's a couple things here. And, and I saw a couple people mention this today, you know, where is the innovative offense of 27, 2018? Where is that? Where is the different, you know, the, the great thing about Sean McVay version one was he could put you in 11, 11 personnel and run 95,000 different plays out of 11 personnel, and they never, and teams never knew what was hitting them. And eventually, you know, you got figured out. But just the innovation of being able to mask your plays and be able to mask this, and they're, they're not really doing that. They, you know, one of the key things that they really did to help, you know, really help pass protect in those early years was they had a great screen game. Remember when Todd Gurley out of the backfield for a screen, it was deadly. This team barely ever runs a, a running back screen anymore. And those are, that's actually what Hendo's good at. If you could pick apart Hendo's game, but one of the best things he was drafted for was his ability to work out of the backfield, you know, in the passing game. And here you're running him between the tackles. I don't mind his performance. It was serviceable. And I think the two of them together enabled them to run relatively well yesterday. Not great, but 131 yards for two back at running backs is pretty good. It, it, but, the the overall creativity in this offense to where you know you had at one point you had Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, and any other number of receivers all involved in the passing game. And what are we doing? You're focusing on one dude, and that was Puka yesterday. Cooper Cup wasn't great yesterday at all, but you you zeroed in on Puka for most of the game. And where do where does this is what they do. They, this is what this Rams offense is doing. They're zeroing on one guy, and and that's who they expect to win for them. That's not going to happen in the NFL very often, unless you got Justin Jefferson out there. It's just not going to happen. So, I think the question I want to ask when it comes to what the Rams are doing offensively is: Where is your creativity? What is you know for Sean McVay? How did you become one of the better coaches? In the NFL, it's not doing what you're doing now. And by the way, I don't really mind the timeouts. You know, I think the lesson learned is save that last. They, they were calling timeout to stop the clock at the end of the game. And a lot of teams do that. They'll start calling their timeouts at 4, 3.30, and so on and so forth. I get that. But the, the lesson, I think, to me, for any coach, not just for McVeigh, is save that last one until two minutes. And they didn't do that. But that's a common mistake for not just McVeigh, but several coaches have been doing that for a while now, trying to get that clock stopped before the two-minute mark. And it, and it bit them. A horrible call on fourth down. I mean, we, we know that was an awful call. And I think that, you know, we can get mad at the Rams for not having that time out there. But quite frankly, the Rams shouldn't have had to worry about it. The officiating was that poor in that respect. Anybody, anybody there who had... 2020 vision saw that dude's knee was down behind the line of scrimmage. He may have come down with his body more forward towards the line, but to give him that spot was atrocious. And you know what? That was across the NFL yesterday. You were probably on the way home and you were dealing with some other things as well, but 
the Eagles not getting flagged for any penalties last night when there were numerous penalties that should have been called in them. That's problematic in the NFL right now. The Eagles had probably seven or eight penalties that were missed last night that weren't that were obvious penalties. This has been my bone and my complaint about the NFL officiating in the past two years. So it's been for a long time, probably since Super Bowl 36, honestly. But it's been my bone with the NFL for a long time. But in the last two years, the officiating is getting worse, and the NFL is doing nothing nothing about it. The integrity of the game is at stake, and yet things like this are happening. And so that's that's my look at the game. I thought the Rams made several mistakes. Uh, they they're going to happen in football games. There was nothing to me that was overly egregious. But you're right. I'm frustrated that they lost this game because it was a winnable game. Pittsburgh, I think, is putting it together. They, that win over Baltimore kind of shows that they're on their way up, but they're not there yet. And this is the Rams' like one real shot to get them. Because I think three or four weeks from now, Pittsburgh's going to be on a roll. I really do that defense come together. I like how they use Deontay Johnson. Oh, hey, hey by the way, how was that Jalen Warren? I, didn't I say that in, in the pre in the pregame, Tommy? Didn't I say Jalen Warren would be a problem? Yeah, because he's fast and shifty. You know, he he. I'm glad he didn't get more carries. I mean, he only got six carries, but he averaged five point three a pop, where Najee was averaging three point eight. Well, they, so, and they're yeah. using him in the backfield. That's where he's really good at, like the old Willie Parker thing. And they're getting better and better. I'm telling you, I think I think he takes over that job in probably two, three weeks. That's going to be Jalen's job. So yeah, lightning and thunder. You know, like they yeah they the got something. They got something there. They got the something. Steelers are are definitely figuring it out. This was probably their chance to get them. And now the Rams are going to Dallas next week with a Dallas team that is that is a bit off now for two weeks. I don't think this is going to go well. That's this, a get you know, right. This is a get right game for them. Like people were, uh, fans are driving me crazy because they look at things like, uh, oh, they, we're going into the Oscars. Like, oh, we're going to win that game. They've, they've, they've been, you know, they haven't been playing well and this or that. I'm like, yeah, against other teams, but they're going to play the Rams next week. And that team is loaded. Okay. I don't care how bad they've played against certain opponents, right? Matchups or whatever. This is this. The reason we needed to beat the Steelers was because of the, you know, some of the games we have coming up. We don't want to go backwards and go on this gnarly losing streak. You got to win the games. You, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. You should win. You know, I mean, they're going, they're going to Dallas and then they're going to green Bay in November and green Bay is not very good right now, but they're still going to green Bay in November. I can't remember the last time a Rams team went to Green Bay and won a game. It's been so long. So I, I don't think that it's going to work out well. I think the Rams actually have a good shot this year. That's how bad Green Bay is. But, you know, one more thing about that. You know, the Cowboys have players. And this soft shell, this zone that the Rams like to employ, which is often effective, the Steelers found a way to exploit that, and how they exploit it. They had, they had two quality receivers out there, Deontay Johnson coming off the IR and George Pickens, and they just abused that zone in the second half. Without, they and, sure and did. They, they kept talking about, the announcers kept talking about the pass rush, and the, pass, and the Rams' pass rush was decent, but they didn't get Pickett to the ground enough. And they, and they, they just had just enough time in that soft zone. 
the Cowboys are going to abuse that soft zone. That offensive line for Dallas is much better than the offensive line that Pittsburgh has right now with a much yep. more experienced quarterback. And even though Dak Prescott has his own flaws, they are going to abuse, absolutely abuse that soft zone. Especially then get Tony Pollard running and get a little bit of play action available. So, I mean, the Rams have some major questions to ask. We could be looking at them being three and five here at this time next week. And, you know, it's on them. It's on them. Again, there, there wasn't anything in my view, Tommy, that was egregious. It was common football mistakes. A lot of teams make them, but you have to execute. And if in terms of Mar, you know, you can't leave seven points on the field when you're three and four and you're in a winnable game. I think you're right. I don't know about firing the guy, but I'm bringing somebody in this week. Go get I, Robbie Gold. Go get you Robbie Gold. I don't somebody. care if he's 40. I don't care if he's 40. He's a kicker. He's not a linebacker. I mean, you, you bring Robbie I mean? Gold. He might not be hitting a 60 mile, you know, 60, 60 yards anymore, but if he's going to be accurate, the guy's, Robbie Gold's got ice in his veins. Bring him in. That's fine by me. So. Um, but that's that's where we are at that. I, right now, the Cowboys game is not looking pretty. But, you know, it's I th- and in all honesty, the Rams and some of their best games in the past five, six years have been against the Cowboys. So I won't put anything past them, but they got a tough – they have a tough mountain to climb against a team that is has more talent than the Steelers do, and they have the players to beat that soft zone next weekend. I mean, if, it's gonna be rough I hate the soft like zone. Okay, I – my defensive philosophy, I'm I'm more towards uh, like Pete Carroll, right? So like Legion of Boom was my jam. That's exactly how I would build a defense. I'm a big man press guy, huge cornerbacks. You know, that's how, so in 2022 for the Rams, I drafted a six foot four corner in Zion McCollum, who's on the Bucks, and a six foot three corner who start who. Started a huge and played a huge role in the Super Bowl for the Chiefs last year as a rookie, Jalen Watson from Washington State. Two giant corners, kind of like Richard Sermon and Browner were out there back in the day. That's the kind of defense I build. I put my corners tight, and what that does is it gives your defensive line time to get to the quarterback because you're you're completely shutting down the pass routes right off the bat. If you're getting hands on them immediately. That's exactly what your defensive line wants. And when you have your corners 10 to 13 yards off the ball, you and everyone's crying about our, our pass rush right now, how are they supposed to get to the quarterback when, well, that, when the corners are just sitting off the ball like that? Well, that was the data. The data, the, the scouting report on George Pickens, is he's, he's, the, he's their go-route kind of guy. He's the guy who's going to go deep and so on and so forth. With Deontay Johnson out, they started using him on more slants. Well, in this game, if you look at the advanced stats on advanced stats on it, they still kept even with Deontay Johnson back, they still kept running both the deep routes and also now those intermediate slants inside routes, the stuff that is going to be really susceptible to a soft zone. So the Steelers basically knew what to do against a soft zone and even used a guy that's not commonly used for it to make it happen. And that's why Pickens was such a pain in the neck yesterday. You know, the, that's the real problem with the soft zone. I think it, it has worked at times this week in this, this season, sorry. But here's the reality, Tommy, is they don't have the personnel right now to run the kind of defense you're talking about. So they kind of have to run that soft zone. They don't have anybody who can play, can play press, man. Do we, how the, do we know? Corners, 
Are you? Are, did you watch the coverages yesterday, or were you inebriated? I mean, did you? Did you see? <laughs> let me ask you this. Well, the reason I say, how do you know? Did you see anyone playing press on our defense yesterday? Well, once or twice, and it wasn't pretty. That's the okay. real thing. Who, but here's, who was here's, it? With a spoon out there in the end. But here's here's the deal. Here's here's what I saw. What I saw were guys who were playing down. Well, they were playing to their their draft stock basically. They they were out skilled, out talented by a high quality receiver like a George Pickens, who I think at this time next year will be a top five, top ten fantasy football draft pick. Yeah, he's good, man. He's he's like he's really developing these last three four weeks, and you know people are are tra- you know talking about you know earlier how one dimensional he is. Um, he's not one dimensional anymore. If if you have George Pickens available in your fantasy football league, you better go get him. Yeah, you know so. what they didn't do a better job of yesterday. Defenders did not do a better job of is paying attention on how emotional. Some of the players um, on Pittsburgh were Pickens was one of them and Najee mm-hmm. Harris was the other. They are very sensitive human beings, you could tell, because they got some unsportsmanlike conduct, penalties. Uh, there was a lot of that going on on the Steelers' side of the ball. The Rams should have done a better job, the players, of baiting them into more of those flags because you can get you can get away with that stuff without the ref catching you. You just have to Eagles be smooth. And I'm not I'm not talking about being, you know, hitting them like late or anything like that, but chirping at them a little bit where you're doing it quietly where the refs can't hear you and then they clap back and lose their because they were losing their minds like little babies. Mm-hmm. And I saw <laughs> it from way up there and I told Tom. Dude, if I was down there, I would I would ruin those guys' days with the with the chirping I'd be doing to them, dude. I'd just make them so emotional they'd want to just punch me in the face. Well, it also in fairness too, you know, in past years and past and this this is to praise the Rams some. In past years, it was the Rams who would get pulled into those emotional things. Like Aaron Donald, that was one of his vices. Like you'd see him lose it once in a while. They were oh, cool yeah. as cucumbers yesterday. So that's one thing they did right. They're, and they did several things right. They, the running game, I think they got going. Okay. They're, they do. And, and I think Royce Freeman is probably the guy you should be, should be your 1A right now. Boy, does but he look good. He did look good. And so I, that's how I would leave it. And, and you know, Relying so much in the past. That's what frustrates me. The, the Sean McVay offense has always been built around run first to produce the pass. And instead, what they're doing now is, again, the same Sean McVay tunnel vision. But they can run the football. And if you're going to beat Dallas next week, if you're going to beat Green Bay up in Green Bay, you're going to have to run the football. So those are good signs. It's not impossible. But some of this stuff that's exposed now, some of the flaws in the Rams that you can't fix this year. You don't have the personnel to fix some of these flaws. The only way that you can cover them is by being clutch. And you saw that a bit in the first half. In the second half, third down percentage, and we were 9 for 16 in the game, but at one point they were 6 for 7. So when you allow certain things to happen, a, a, a really bad interception... Matt Stafford, you're better than that, dude. And you, I, and people can get mad at me, call him out straight. Matt Stafford's a professional. He's probably calling himself out straight. He knows he messed Absolutely. up. Absolutely, you know he's pissed off at himself. Yeah, we're you know? not we're not saying anything that he wouldn't say. Yeah, yeah. I right? mean, so and and honestly, if if these guys are honest about themselves, they're they're they know they know. 
So that's 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 our analysis now. There's there's no point in, in kicking what now is a dead horse. We know what this team did, what they are. I I I think that our original projection for us was four to five wins. Right now they're at three. If they keep doing what they're doing with some of these flaws, they're gonna be around five or six wins right now. So all of a sudden when we're like they are much better than we thought they're gonna be, I still think that's true. But the win numbers might not show because they're not executing in the end. And that's something they need to fix quickly if they are going to stay in this thing a bit longer throughout the year. Yeah, this team right now is built for no mistakes uh, mentally or physically and coaching. No mistakes. If, you, if, if the team plays flawless and disciplined football and the coaching is well throughout the game, uh, we, can, we can play with anybody. I mean, we almost beat the Niners this year. We we should have we you know like me and Mark talked about the other day should be should be six and zero before yesterday like they and I would have I thought I would never have said that before the season but we we broke it down together you know just chopping it up and I, mean, I I kind of agree with them dude you well, know I I don't I think they, they I think the Eagles still beat them but you know what when you look at that Eagles game twenty three fourteen the Rams played the Eagles much better than the Dolphins did. I mean, here are the Dolphins, this high-flying offensive team that's supposed to be one of the best teams in the league. The Rams played the Eagles better than the than Dolphins did. Point blank. They did. And, and, and the Rams, you know, and this is just where you and I disagree. The, running the ball 13 times against the Eagles was a bad move. You run it 30 times and it might be a different game. Play keep away from that offense. What are you talking about? We don't disagree team. on that. We agree on oh, okay. that. I, but, I mean, you, you still – I agree. I agree. You know, I agree. No, I agree with it. You said the Eagles would win. I say no. I say no. Oh, okay. Now, that's, that's the part where we, we disagree on. I, I think the Eagles still get yeah. that game, but – you know the chances were there, and and they the game plan. We you just can't do that when you're when you're in a two point game and you're not running the football. You make yourself one dimensional. This is football one on one, and that's what's frustrating about the coaching staff. And we're critical of the coaching staff, but on the same token, given the talent level on the team, I would also say that 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 if in a normal year with a different staff, they're probably not winning three or four games in the entire year. So that's what's frustrating because the coaching staff is making some pretty critical errors in how they're running these games, but they're also on the flip side, obviously getting a roster whose talent level in my view is a five, five win roster up for games. That's a crazy paradox to me, but here we are. Yeah. That's why this season, you know, this many weeks in is I'm actually getting so geeked for game day now, which is great because I didn't think that was going to be the case this year. So every, you know, we get close to game day and I'm starting to get fired up because this young team is so hungry, you know, and yeah. I like the, I like most of the players, their personalities. The, I love how we've built this team just really quickly. You know, but, I'm so excited. I'm already looking forward to the draft next year. Like, man, oh, yeah, we got yeah. 10, I mean, we had 10 picks gonna, right now. Like, you know, and, and next year we're going to be all over the draft because in the last couple of years we backed off the draft because what's the point? <laughs> We don't get anybody in the first couple of rounds. But, you know, next year we're going to be having draft covers. We're actually going to have picks. The the thing is this, though, you know, if I, if I, if, if somebody is getting the shopping phase here, as a fan, as a person who supports this team through thick and thin, I would say I would rather see you go down being creative and losing than you being a rinse, wash, repeat head coach and and boring the heck out of us and just being one dimensional for opposing teams. Take your shot. Go, ba- I go back. I couldn't have said your, that any better. Go back. 
go back to your 2017, your 2018. I'm not saying repeat the old playbook, but where's that creativity? Because you got guys who can execute out there. Don't tell me you've proven it. Tutu Atwell can prove it. He's done it. We all hammered Tutu for years. And here we are, a guy yeah, who's developed into something who's, who's pretty special out there. You've got Apuka Nakua who can make plays. Of course, you got Cooper Cup. You've got guys who can make plays. Even Tyler Higby, even though I'm kind of ticked at his drop yesterday, the guy has made plays in the past. You've got guys who can make plays. And, oh, by the way, Matt Stafford is still one of the better quarterbacks in the league, no matter what anybody says. You give him protection, he's going to be fine. Go out there and be creative. And if you go down, you go down. Don't be the kind of guy who, who gets gun shy. And I think that's what's happened. The Rams got, are getting gun shy. And I'm not talking about passing. I know, well, wait, he passes 95 times a game. That's not, that doesn't equal gun shy in the terms of an opposite. I'm talking about be creative out there in the field and, you know, bring back some of those things that kept teams on edge. Bring back, oh my gosh, a wide receiver screen, a, a tight end screen, but really the running back screens. You know, these guys are going to send blitzes after you. Well, take advantage of those blitzes and get those, get that ball out of there. I mean, you don't have Todd Gurley there anymore, but you got guys who can run the football. Go let them run. Go let them go. Why yeah, are you doing I'm starting, that? I'm starting to, you know, Tutu's in year three, I, and I, I hammered his draft stock, not him as a person. We all know that. We fashed that a million times. He's coming on in year three, which it met my equivalent of his draft stock. The dude has wheels, and he's showing that he's now uh, into year three. He's now confident in, in himself going from college to the 1500 elite. He wasn't confident in year one and year two, you could tell. But you could see it now. Yet our coach isn't using him. So, and he's on the field. He's there. Hey, I'm here. I'm here. And they're not getting him the ball. And when they do get it, give him an opportunity, he seems to, to come through for us. So now I'm starting to question Sean McVay. Why'd you draft this dude in the second round? Now I'm pointing the gun at him. The gun's no longer on Tutu. He's got a pass for me now. Sean, why'd you draft the kid if you ain't going to use him? He is the X factor in our offense. He's the speedster. Where is your creativity? Look it. There, I drew up plays yesterday in five seconds on my phone using uh, a trips wide receiver formation with Daryl Henderson in the trips and Tutu in the backfield and, and, and just mind blowing stuff because I was bored in the stands and you know in between you know commercial breaks or whatever I was. Man, you know what I would do right here with this guy and this guy? Boom. Drawing up plays on my phone with a quickness. I'm like, dude, if they did something like this, Tutu would be wide open, dude, or or Henderson. You know what I mean? Like where, like you said, where is he cre- his creativity? Why isn't he having fun anymore? I'm watching his body language on the Oculus, you know, and he looks so unsure of himself as a human being. I wish fans would start just just queuing in on Sean McVay's behavior on the sideline when the cameras um, move to him. Pay attention to his body language, guys. I, I really need you to focus in on that. He looks uninspired, uninterested, nervous, unsure of himself. Very unlike the coach I saw that in the first hard. couple of years. Yeah. 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 He, he and looks, there's, there's no reason he, for that. No. He's been he the, should he's be taking this fun. team to two Super Bowls, man. And it was his creativity that got them there. 
He should have confidence. He went to two Super Bowls and won one already. Now he should have the confidence to be like, you know what? I, I've earned the respect of the league and, and, and the owner of this team and everyone else that works here. This is a throwaway year, kind of like they, you know, they were thinking about we're going to rebuild, we're going to do this. This should be the year where you should be getting silly with it. And his hey, offense yeah, is so yeah. uninspiring. It's so go boring. be a it's, maverick, it's like vanilla Jeff Fisher stuff, dude. Go be well. I, I wouldn't go that far. Go be a maverick. You know, go back out there and and throw things at people, and see what sticks. At this point, listen. Right now, you're three and four with the tougher schedule coming up. You're probably not making the playoffs. I know you want to, but what's the point? What's the point? What do you want? Do you want this? Do you want these players? to love playing for you all the way through and enjoy being part of your offense and, and, and getting down with your thinking, or do you want them distracted away? You got Tutu Apple, who, by the way, made a fantastic play in that touchdown yesterday. Matt props, Tutu. Okay, you know, you want these guys engaged. You know, how do you, how do you keep young minds engaged? I'm a teacher. I'll tell you how. You stay creative with them. You give them new challenges, and you bring something new to the table every day. And if you do that, they will follow you anywhere and everywhere they will die on any hill you ask them to die on okay that is how you keep people inspired you bring create to the table and you say go work your magic hey sean mcveigh go work your magic man go go back and be the guy you were and if you lose you lose i promise you at least here on our show if you go out there and you lay it out there and you are the creative guy that you were in 2017 2018 you're never going to hear us calling for your head no nope. okay that's the bottom line. And hey, we're running out of time. We gotta get to what the, the other issue. So moving on. Moving on. Yesterday during the game, uh, you had a, a, a fan, a, a friend of the show, someone who's written for our website before back when we used to do writing, um, had a really, let's say, disgusting incident happen with her at the stadium to where her, her husband had to get involved. This happened in the stadium, and then later on, you witnessed some other things going on, and this is calling attention to some deep concerns about the security around SoFi on game day. So I want to just take it over to you and let you tell the story, and, and I know you've called out Kevin DeMoff over there and, and uh, the Rams front office about this stuff, but um, all right, take it away. Man, you're going to make my blood pressure go up. <clears throat> but this this is what I wanted. I wanted the platform today to be able to discuss this. And, and I'm disappointed in our fan base today a little bit for replying to my tweet um, and, and, and disagreeing with me in any way, shape, or form. I'll give you an example. So one of the guys replied to my tweet saying, well, this is an interesting tweet. My experience was this, blah, 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 blah. Okay. I didn't have any issues. I didn't have any of that. Okay. Well, what did you do? Oh, I went to the game, you know? Okay. Did you bring your wife and your kids? No. Okay. So you're only worried about yourself. Fair enough. Okay. Then I asked him, did you go to tailgate? No. Okay. Well, that's where most of the problems happen. And it's usually after the game. Did you go to tailgate after the game? No. Okay. So you're telling us your, your individual experience when you just go in the stadium, go on the stadium, whatever the case may be. Great. Why aren't you thinking about other people's wives and other people's children? Because that's what I'm doing. I'm not a selfish human being. I care about everybody that's in that stadium, especially the women and children. 
being a father of a five-year-old boy, I brought my five-year-old son and my wife one game at SoFi. Week two, Atlanta last year. And I had a miserable time because the whole time I was there, I was worried about the safety of my wife and son. And I couldn't enjoy myself. You know, I'm always looking around because people are drunk and wild and have no sense. And they walk around inside the stadium, outside, falling all over themselves, this or that. Just being a fool, they could knock my son down there. So I'm, I have my head on a swivel for hours. It's not fun for me. You know, that I shouldn't have to worry about that and have to do that. When I'm by myself, I don't worry about anything. I'm afraid of nobody. I don't worry about none of that stuff. I'm only worrying about the innocent. Okay, and the Coliseum was such a better environment because they had so much police. Now they have different police. They have sheriff, right? Where Inglewood has Inglewood PD. They had so much more security inside and outside that there was no way you could even fight for longer than seconds in the stadium or. Outside the stadium, the parking lots were full of police officers everywhere you went. You could see one. The, this SoFi yesterday when we left, and let me let me go back. And I didn't find this out till after the fact. But a very prominent female fan, maybe the most noticeable female fan in the Rams fan base, was leaving their section in Section 200 yesterday, and a group of Rams fans slash Steeler fans, I guess they were all in one group together, were, were walking by, and the Steeler fans started verbally abusing her. And, of course, she you know, responded, you know, hey, what's your problem, whatever. And the guy, a man, by the way, probably in his – she described him as in his 20s, got in her face – and started verbally abusing her and spit in his hand and threw it in her face. Security was maybe apparently, what from what she described, about 10 to 15 feet away from her, saw the whole thing, did nothing. She was by herself. A female by herself was being assaulted by five people and no one did anything. Her husband, I believe, was in the restroom, came out. Came over, talked to her, was gone, went up to the guy and said, Hey, did you spit in my wife's face? And of course, the guy, you know, denied it like a coward because her husband's a giant and did, he didn't want none of, of him. Okay. And that's what went on inside the stadium. And I heard plenty of more stories. Okay. But I'm not going to get into detail on those. Now, after the game, we we're walking back to the tailgate area like we always do to wait for everything to settle, traffic to die down so we could call Ubers and them not cost a million dollars. So we're hanging out doing our thing about, I don't know, 50 feet away. A huge fight breaks out because Steeler fans are – and visiting, fan, visiting fans do this a lot. And I'm not talking about visiting fans that get on the airplane and come from their respective cities to come to L.A. to watch the team. No, those teams – those fans all have class. Okay, they have Midwest manners and Southern hospitality. But people that were raised in L.A., I would say about 50% of them, and I've lived here my whole life, and if you disagree with me, you're just in denial. And you shouldn't be because we should take more pride and more civic pride in our city. But the people here are trash, half of them at least, trash, raised by trash, ain't got no manners, disrespectful, honking, flipping people off all the time. It's disgusting. It's just – it's constant everywhere you go. There's someone rude and disrespectful. But at a football game where there's people drinking 
whatnot, it's even worse. And it's though it's those fans that were born and raised here that decide to put on a you know a Steelers jersey, never been to Pittsburgh in their lives, never been to Pennsylvania, but just decide I want to wear a Steelers jersey because I'm a cloud chaser and they won six Super Bowls and I want to be cool. That's what LA's always been and it always will be. But those are the fans that are one that are causing the problems for us, and, and it's making the fan bases across the across the league look bad because the fans that are from those cities that are flying in. Because I ask I, if people come by our tailgate, I'll talk to the opposing fans. Hey, how you doing? Welcome to SoFi. Just be cool, you know. And then I'll start chopping it up. Hey, where you know where are you guys from? This and that. And most of them are like, you know, from here. You know, and I ask them, well, how'd you become a Steelers fan? Oh, you know, I just, you know, I just like the color or, or I, you know, <laughs> I saw him in the Super Bowl and I, I, you know, I'm like, so basically you're bandwagon. No, 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 I'm not. No, no, no. Then you are. Don't get your, in your feelings. Just be, be a man and admit it. But then you got the fans that flew in from Pittsburgh. They were the complete opposite demeanor. They were so happy, grateful, you know, just came here to have fun with their families. And they see these fans wearing the same jerseys as them. And, and fighting and doing it. They're like, who are these people? You know, like e- the, the, even the Steelers fans that weren't from here were li- disgusted, like, because they were making them look bad. So anyways, the, this huge fight breaks out. Huge. I'm talking 60 people in a, in a giant whirlwind mosh pit circle, just half of them trying to break it up, half of swinging. It was insane, dude. And people are just standing around watching. And I'm, I, I see it break out, and I start to walk over there, and the guys are like, Tommy, stay out of it. No, man. This is the problem. Everybody's staying out of it all the time. I'm like, what? Let the cops handle it. Do you see any cops around, guys? Do you see any security around? I started walking around at first you know, for about 15 seconds like, hey, trying to look for a security guard or cop. Nowhere in sight. So I, I go in there, and I start, hey, guys, you know, trying to break it up, trying to break it up, separate these two huge groups. And there was about – 10 of us that were, you know, trying to calm everyone down. And then it just kept escalating again because the females, and I've seen this a lot here, the females are more dangerous than the males because they just cannot control their emotions. And this girl, she, and I just see her trying to sucker punch everybody. She's just a piece of trash human being. And she's standing right by me and she comes out of nowhere and tries to sucker punch this guy in the side of the head. And I grabbed her by the back of her jersey and said, not today. And pulled her back and, you know, told her friend, get her out of here. You know, this is the problem. These girls going around punching dudes and then they want and then they get knocked out and they try to call. Oh, a man hit me. I see it all the time. It's disgusting. Knock it off. You're a lady. Act like one. I mean, guys shouldn't even be acting like heathens like this. But females, I'm sorry. I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. No fighting. My four sisters is not acceptable. I've never even been in a fight. It's not okay. None of us should be fighting. Females especially. It's just a bad look. That's just the way I was raised. Sorry. But it was gross. And the cops were nowhere to be found. Security was nowhere to be found. They all show up on their stupid little UTVs like 20 minutes later, you know, and just sitting around like, hey, you know, interviewing everyone, asking what happened, you know, just useless, useless. Our tax dollars just being lit on fire, man. Well, hold on. Did Did anybody ask them, hey, Guys, cops, where were you this whole time? Your show 20 minutes. Did anybody ask him that question? Of course, a bit nicer than I just said it, but did anybody ask him that? I'm I'm sure they did. I was going to go over there and talk to them, but the, the some of the guys grabbed me and were like, nope, you're not going to jail today because they knew how mad I was and they knew I'd pop off to them because I don't care about cops. I'm not scared to talk back to them. They work for me. My tax dollars pay your salary. You're a public servant. Don't you forget it. 
okay, and you're supposed to be protecting these women and children. And there was females crying because there was nothing they could do watching their husbands or boyfriends just getting stomped into a mud hole on the concrete. One of the guys look, looked like he had multiple concussions. His face was busted in. There was blood everywhere. And these poor girls are crying, and they're just with their hands up in the air looking around like someone help, someone help. There's no security, no cops. And we're out there as fans being the heroes. It was gross. And I didn't go talk to the cops because I would have went to jail yesterday because they would have arrested me for – for telling the truth and they don't ever want to hear that and their egos get in the way of their jobs. I'm sick and tired of it. I, it was best for them that I didn't go over there because I, it would, I was angry as hell, dude. I was so, and then that's why I put out that tweet and I tagged Kevin and I tagged the Rams and then I retweeted it and I tagged Inglewood PD and the mayor of Inglewood. Everybody needs to get put on notice. This has to stop. People don't want to bring their families because they don't feel safe. And the ones, you know, the ones that do bring their families, they go in the stadium and they come out and they stay away from the tailgates. They stay away from the fray. There's ways you can avoid most of it. But say a huge fight breaks out in your section and surrounding your seats and you're trapped in there with your little kid who's a toddler and your wife. What are you supposed to do? Like, if it happened in my section, like, I'm going to jail because I'm throwing people over seats. I'm going to annihilate everyone around me just to protect my son and my wife. I shouldn't have to do that. This is a sporting event. People are disgusting, man. And I'm tired of it. And I'm not going to let this ride. I'm going to keep blowing this up until I get a response from the Rams and an in-person meeting. And I want to hear what they're going to do to protect this fan base. I don't care if I have to enlist every booster club president, it's going to happen. This will stop. Well, it needs to stop. And I'm wondering what the Rams stands on all this is like, what, what do they have to say about it? So please I'll, I'll keep tell us you updated on it. I'll give you a little bird's eye view. So I, one of the guys that helped break up the fight yesterday and kudos to him. He is a, he, he's a little bit older than us. I think he was, about 49 you could tell he's a fighter he had cauliflower ears and we were talking afterwards and he he grabbed one of the guys and he tackled him to the ground and, and just got on top of the guys and the, one of the guys that was fighting you know and, and said hey i'm i don't want i'm not here to hurt you i'm just trying to de-escalate this here just relax stop 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 and the dude the dude couldn't even go nowhere and move he had him down this guy's an mma fighter wrestler like he <laughs> dude was a pro but he did the right thing. He used all the skills that he had not to be a bully. He'd used it for de-escalation. And I was I, I talked to him for about 20 minutes after. He's such a great human being, such a good dude, man. And it was it was guys like that 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 helped. But he told me a little story. Um in the morning when the tailgate started, Dan, who is an employee from the Rams, always comes to the tailgate to greet everyone. Um, really nice guy, you know, hey, anything you guys need, blah, blah, blah. Well, this gentleman told Dan in the morning before any of this popped off, by the way, hey, I just need you to know, Dan, that security at SoFi here in the building and in the parking lot and the police officers are useless. They don't do and, and, and You know what his response was? And this pissed me off even more. And this is really why I want a meeting now, because his response was, well, you know, it, it, it's it's gotten better. You know, it it, it can use some improvement. This total political bullshit answer. Excuse my French, but dude, that's not what we want to hear. What are you going to do about it? If I have to be the police in the parking lot, 
I, I have a problem with that. That's not my job. My job is to go there and have fun and not worry about any of this stuff. So the fact that one of the employees for the Rams said that to one of our fans when he called him out in the morning, uh, not happy. He just made it worse. So Rams, we're coming. You better be ready and you better have a plan. I mean, do you think they'll actually will acknowledge it? I mean, I hate to be that guy who says that. We're going to find out, but let me just tell you this. They, they better hope they don't. They better hope they don't because I'm just going to make it worse. I'm going to make it worse. I will, I will enlist TV stations, local reporters. I have people that will cover it. As a matter of fact, I met a guy who was a former KTLA on-air gentleman who got fired last year for speaking his mind on air and sticking up for his best friend who left the company and he went on air and went on a rant and got fired for it for being honest. And I had a lot of respect for the guy and I told him that to his face on Saturday and he exchanged information with me and said he wants to come to a tailgate. He's doing his own thing now. He has his own media website. He's kind of doing like, you know, how all the people that have gotten fired, like Tucker Carlson and, and Cuomo and, and John and Don Lemon and all them, they're kind of all doing their own thing. Well, Mark's kind of doing that too. So mm-hmm. I got people in the media that I could reach out to and, and other for other people in the media that I could reach out to. And, and we'll, we'll, we'll make this a shit show. I, I'll run it all the way up. I don't care. Someone's going to, you better just respond and not let it get that far guys, because this is, we're talking about children. Okay? It's, it's a it's a bit it's a bit kind of uncomfortable thing about this because you've been knee deep in the Rams organization for a long time, former season ticket holder. You've been to me- several of their functions over the years. I mean, I'm pretty you know Kevin Demont knows who you yeah, are. Yeah, right? I've like, been you, you invited know- to multiple think tanks inside their building. Like, yeah, I, I they have given me a platform, but make no mistake, I'm not going to sit back and just kiss anyone's butt when it comes to safety. And you I don't think, think any of them are going to disagree. I don't think any of them are dumb enough to to wash this off. There's no you, way they can be. Do you think the fellow booster clubs will get behind you? I do. Because one of the presidents of one of the booster clubs on Booster Club Row was one of the guys who was in there breaking it up with all of us. And he was in the middle. Now, he's a big man. He's about six foot two, about 300 and something pounds. He's not a small dude. And he was doing the right thing. He was in there using his stature to de-escalate. Okay. Yes, they will get behind me. I'm friends with that, all of the presidents of the booster clubs. I mean, that, that should not be, that shouldn't even be happening. That, that It should not be fans breaking up. So like this fans should be away from the action. It should be pushed away from the action. And that's concerning to me. So there you go, folks. Uh, probably not the conversation you expect on the post-game pod, but you know, Tommy felt like it was a strong enough thing to bring up. Uh, I guess Rams, it's in your court now. Um, who knows if they listen to this show? But you know, from time to time, maybe they do. We'll find out. In the meantime, if you have any questions, get all of us over at TalkRamsOnX.com, you know, Twitter, or me at DC Apollo or Tommy. I, as far as I know, Tommy always responds to DMs, folks. And so um, this is probably one of those times where you can get some more information 
or if you are from the Rams and um, this seems like something that you need to go go handle, reach out to them. So there you go. Are you going to get a hold of the Rams tomorrow? Am call? I going to get a hold of them tomorrow? Yeah. I'm going to use my free time starting tomorrow to start opening some doors. Yes, I'm going okay. to do that. And I and listen, to anyone who's listened to this episode, I'm sorry if it felt like a buzzkill to you guys, but I, I think that it would be a disservice to not address this. I think that in general, our society is full of people who just want to abstain from everything. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to do anything that's difficult or, or that has to, you know, that takes any legwork to get something done to help our community. I think everyone just wants to kick their feet up nowadays and there's no more, there's no more leaders. There's no more people saying, Hey, this isn't okay. There's not, there's not enough of that. They're just people that want to just go, well, you know, and start their conversation that way. And, and that, that can't happen guys. We need people to speak up. There's one thing I want to close on, and I guess this will be my final thought. And, you know, over the years, especially on the LA side, not, I would never, you know, the St. Louis side had, they had their different, you know, they had their different saying. But for the LA side, it's always, they always called the Ram fan base the Ramily. The Ramily. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but yet here we have some of our own people in some cases acting like fools out there and treating each other with disrespect. You don't, the LA already has a bad rep across all sports. And it's a mostly, in my view, undeserved rep. The LA sports fan base consistently is top five, top 10 in attendance. They, people say, well, they're fair weather. You can call them fair weather, but you know, in LA, there's 95 different distractions in the world, you know, but they show up. They, and they put their money in. And you talk to some really good LA fans, they are knowledgeable. Many, many good Nautilus Rams fans. I had the personal experience just a couple of years ago out there with you. Well, wonderful experience that I'll never forget. So, you know, it's do what kind of reputation, what kind of reputation do you want to have? What do you want to be known for? And there were some LA Rams fans that day, not just the crappy LA people who dress up in Steeler Steeler stuff, but there were some LA Rams fans who did not behave well as well. And, and you know what I'm talking about in terms of the incident spitting there, that, that the spitter was with Rams fans. Those Rams fans could have shut him down immediately. They didn't do it. Yeah. Cause I'm sorry if I brought friends of mine to a game that were a friend, uh, a fan of the other team and they spit in the face of one of my fellow fan bases, we're going to have a problem. Listen, I don't give my own brother a pass when he's out of line to strangers. Why would I give anyone else? Everyone is held accountable, period. And they always should be. You should not take sides because someone is your friend and the other person is not when your friend is being a piece of trash. That's not good behavior. It's not. It's disgusting. And I'm harder on the Ram fans in SoFi than I am the other fans when the other jerseys because the Ram fans represent me and all of us. We are supposed to be Ramly. So if I see a Ram fan that's being unruly, to another fan, for no reason, I will call them out. Because what's right is right and what's wrong is wrong. And whatever you think about me as a person on the surface, it's it's probably because you don't know me. But what what people that you know that do know me know, 
is I am a good person to the core, and I'm always looking out for strangers when I'm out in public. Always, always trying to do the right thing and stand up for what's right. So, whatever you may think of me on Twitter, joking around, being the wrestling heel that I am on Rams Twitter, what you reach out to me privately, get to know me, come to our tailgate, come to a game, I'll host you, I'll change your view with a quickness. Okay, I am one of those fans in that building that is probably one of the most welcoming there is. And I love all the fans and I want everyone to have a good time and be safe. Okay. Yeah. Real deal. That's my concern. And I can say, I can speak as you, uh, you, you gave me the experience of a lifetime. Hopefully one day you have me back out there. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so, well, I think, no, I think our next goal is to hit a road game. Yes. It's gotta be a hit a road game. Next season. All right. Next season. Next season. All right. So all that in mind, folks, if you have any questions, any comments, or I told you where to go on X, you can also email us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. We would appreciate your comments, always do, even if you don't agree with us, or if you had other experiences. If you've had other experiences this season that are similar to what Tommy experienced, um, hey, send your stories in, because I'll forward those over to him, and he can, ha- he can actually have a little bit of backup as he has these conversations with people. Not that people haven't already seen it before, but uh, let's do that. So for Tommy, for the entire team over here at Rams Talk Radio, Rowdy, have a great one.